Stafford with the Girls That Create podcast on Word of Mom Radio. Last year, I was honored to become part of the inaugural class of the Dallas Mavericks Maths Business Assist program, which empowers 100 diverse entrepreneurs by giving them free access to the knowledge, tools, and support they need to succeed and grow their businesses. My guest today is Emmy Matushita, who is also chosen for the program and is an empowerment coach for freelance dancers and creatives. Emmy has over 25 years of experience in dance training, performing, teaching, and coaching, and has choreographed performances in many styles worldwide. In 2019, she co-founded and directed Open Your Mind London, an experimental dance festival, while also finishing her master's in dance science by researching the hip-hop and street dance battle scene. Emmy is also a wife, mother, and student of life, continually chasing curiosities and stirring them up in others. Welcome to Girls That Create, Emmy Matsushita. <laughs> Pleasure to be here. I'm excited. I always like to start these conversations with asking, you know, when you were a kiddo, you kind of started falling into dance. Was there like a song or a production or a musician who inspired you, something that you saw that you were just like mesmerized with and thought, I want to do that? Yeah. I mean, I think early days, like being an 80s baby, 90s baby, I was a big Michael Jackson fan. I had his record, or at least my parents had his record and also you know MTV was coming out so like dance as an art form was being celebrated on the screen and so I got to really see that blossom and and so those early pioneers like even the 90s dance groups you know like CNC Music Factory with Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch like all of those you know Janet Jackson kind of era people were just in my face and I was like wow but particularly Michael Jackson was just like a, a god to me <laughs> I was like looking at his record and I was like wow you know this is this person is like a star <laughs> and I am so not a star and then you had Janet come along as well I know yeah she she took it on a completely different level and made choreo like a thing and it was so empowering to see a female body you know dancing and stuff um because yeah that was still kind of new too and you know, with like the Fly Girls, like I never watched In Living Color, but like with the Fly Girls as well, that was an empowering time for women to to be seen. Yeah, I think that's where uh, Jennifer Lopez got her start as a, as a dancer, if I, if I believe. Yeah. Yeah, you are correct. <laughs> of genres, what is your favorite one? Like what kind of pulled you in? Because obviously there's so many different types of dance form and what music you want to move to. Which one really spoke to you as you got older? So I started in the world of competition style dance. So like POM, which is very specific to school teams. So I was on my middle school dance team and high school dance team. And so we had POM style, but we also had jazz funk styles. And so that was like kind of my foundation for dance with technique. But then what really hooked me was just my introduction to hip hop. When I was in college, I joined a student hip hop crew that performed around campus and off campus and stuff. And that really opened my eyes as to what dance could be instead of what I was used to doing with dance. 
prior to, I was just replicating dance moves and trying to look like everybody else on my team so that we could like get all the points and competition and wear the same uniforms and all this stuff, right? It was a lot about looking the same. And then hip hop was about individuality. It's about expression. It's about connection with other people. It's about the culture of the dance and not just doing the moves. And so once that permission was granted, I was like, oh, wow, I don't know what to do with this new space. But it was something that hooked me. And I was like, I want to dig in deeper. And then so yeah, that kind of changed the trajectory of my dance journey since that time. Who do you admire in hip hop? What women do you admire? That's a really good question. Because early days, when I first started doing hip hop in college, it was really male dominated, you know, and it still kind of is. And we're only now just kind of getting to this point where we're celebrating more women in hip hop. And so I don't know if I have an answer to that question, but even people that I have come across, if I say their names, like people probably wouldn't know them, but I will give some shout outs for people that are making, you know, big moves as females in hip hop. So there's a nonprofit group uh, organization called Ladies of Hip Hop. I think her name is Michelle Bird McPhee or something like that. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Sorry if I butchered your name. But she's like created this, you know, nonprofit specifically to celebrate women in hip hop because we just haven't. And then there's a Houston based B girl who has a nonprofit or organization that's specifically for B girls. And so that's called B Girl City and she puts on a lot of events. I don't have just a couple, but over the years, there are women that are doing things in hip hop, but it's really hard to make a way when it is super male male dominated slowly but surely changing though slowly Slowly. (laughs) change it yeah one thing if people look at your business they may not know this about you but you actually have a degree in biology is what you pursued and when you were at college and why did you choose that path and how biology actually has lent itself to your work now in dance and how they've kind of intertwined so can you kind of share how that became part of your journey but then also how it's now helped you as you've moved forward and what you want to do yeah I mean people are like oh you have a science background they're always pleasantly surprised because you know they know me as a dancer and so it's like oh you didn't go to school for dance officially but basically biology was my choice because I was just when I was younger I was just trying to be the good daughter and the good, you know, I have a Asian Japanese father and he's telling me like, get a good job, get a good career, set yourself up for success. And so in my mind, the safe, predictable route was biology, even though I was like, at that time and age in my life, I was really interested in doing dance and pursuing dance, but I couldn't quite figure out how that could make it for me on the other side. So I stuck with biology because I was like, okay, well, I have this interest in the sciences. And I also was shadowing a dentist at the time and working in her office. And I thought that was really interesting, you know. And so I was on the route to be a dentist. That was my choice. Once you're out of your parents' nest, you realize a lot of things about yourself. And you're like, okay, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to be a dentist. And life has a takes many twists and turns. And I still loved the science that I was in. I love learning about the systems and the the digging deep into, especially anatomy and physiology was like my favorite class. Even though I got like a C, didn't do so good. I was like super sold on. Passing. <laughs> yeah. It's, 
It was also weed out class too. I mean, so there you like, go, right? Yeah, right. exactly. You survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I survived, and I really enjoyed. It. I still kept my book actually from college. I eventually got married after I graduated, and that was still my head following the formula of success, getting married to a Christian man, and then what's next? Like having kids, right? Like I was just on this track that I thought was success. Granted, I was still doing dance kind of on the side all throughout, and I had the decision, I could either go to grad school at the time, or I can get married. And yeah, I got married right instead. Unfortunately, that marriage only lasted about four years and we gave it a go. And it's honestly, nobody gets married to get divorced. Nobody intends that. So it was definitely a rug getting pulled from under my feet kind of feeling. But at the same time, it helped me reconnect to dance again because it's always been a constant in my life. And so post-divorce, it allowed me to re-figure out who I was, my identity as a new single female, not me four years ago, but a new me with more experience and more insights. And I tapped into dance at that time and I saw the power of it. And I was like, okay, I want to dig into this more because it's always been with me, but now it means something more. And so, and I also, because I was teaching dance, I was able to see dance impact other people and then so once I made that decision where hey I want to dig into this more that's when I started looking for schools again little twists and turns but I ended up applying for a program abroad because I at that time I was a mature dancer mature student so I went abroad because they're more accepting and I studied in a program a bachelor's program for hip-hop urban styles for one year and then I switched to a master's program in dance science so it all came full circle where I still was still wanted to be in the world of dance and surrounded by dance and training in dance but I wanted to have a much more intentional and personal relationship with dance and so choosing dance science that program in particular allowed for me to even blossom more because I was able to create my own research project which lasted a year which led to my thesis And so I still was able to make my way in dance and in science (laughs) in the way that I wanted to. So, yeah, it's it's been a crazy ride with me in dance (laughs) and science. All works together. I would um, love to hear your thoughts about why we should all be actually embracing dance. I think when we're little, as children, we gravitate to it. We're dancing, Mm -hmm. you know, in in the car, wherever we hear Mm -hmm. music. Kids don't care. They'll just, you know, start moving around. As adults, we kind of lose that a little bit, unfortunately. I would love to hear why we should all kind of embrace dance and also like why it's not, you know, dance has its merits both alone and also with Mm -hmm. others. Uh, Because I know that research research shows, you know, it's therapeutic both physically and mentally, and it's a healing, actual physical healing art form. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, where where do I start? Big question. Sorry. (laughs) I know. So the first one was why should we dance, basically? Well, I mean, yeah, we don't have to go far because nowadays research does exist to show how impactful dance can be just for an individual. Relating it to my own story with dance, I didn't really want to do dance, but my mom was like, hey, why don't you try it for this dance team and um, see, you know, if you can make friends because we lived in a new town all of a sudden and my mom thought it was smart for me to like friends and through the dance team because she knew I liked to move, right? But I didn't want to do it. But then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, wow, this is something completely different because I was doing gymnastics. I was a mover, right? But it wasn't like in the artistic form of dance. And then so once I 
took up space in dance, I was like, wow, like, I can show up as something different. I can be a different me almost. Like, not a different, different me, but I can show up and I can, like, perform and I can take up space because, like, my childhood was so chaotic and a little traumatic, really. And I was taught to play small and not take up a lot of space because of just how chaotic everything was. And my part was to keep my own self safe. And so the way that I did that was being good and being quiet and just keeping to it, right? And then so dance was this invitation to like reconnect with my body and and move it in ways and explore like what I could do and how also like allowing people to see me all of a sudden. And so that healing um, like that it gave me to reconnect, connect all my bits together was, was so impactful as a child because it gave me that permission to to show up. But then, you know, fast forward to post-divorce Emmy, that was a completely new kind of healing where, like, it brought me back to that original space where I'm like, oh, yeah, I am me. This is me. This is what I love to do. Like, movement makes me feel good. Movement is part of who I am and what I do. And in that space, I also got to see, like I said, other people being affected by dance. And so that was like super empowering. It wasn't just my own little journey with dance and my relationship with dance, but it was like me using dance as a tool to affect change on others in such a positive way. It was like, ah, it was also healing to me because I was like, you know, I, up to that point, I was like, I just like dancing and I just want to dance, you know, for myself, which a lot of people do as dance artists and that's great. But then as artists, like we want to share our art with the world. So being able to make that connection that when I share it, and use it as a tool for helping others, people also get affected too in a great way. So yeah, I think everybody should dance because everybody already does it. It's just, we have different metrics of what's a good dancer or not, right? But just by moving your hands and flapping your hands around, like your heart rate gets elevated, your, your, you know, your brain starts working because like most people don't do this kind of movement in daily life. So like new connections are being made in your brain. So your brain's, you know, being activated. So just the embodied experience of it shows that like, Oh, a little movement can do a lot, but then there's research to back it up too. So it's like, and you just need to do it. You just need to move. Got to move. Yeah. You just need to move. You just need to move. Get up from your free chair and just move. <laughs> What inspired you to start your business and um, to coach other dancers? What kind of brought that together? Yeah, I think basically like after I had my wonderful experience in grad school, like really defining my own relationship with dance and creating a new dynamic between it and I, and also having that space to play around. Um, Because I think as a student, you have that kind of like, you know, oh, I'm a student, so I'm just going to do this thing. So doing my research, and then during also at that time, I um, produced my my first international event, my dance event. Um, I was also pregnant at the time, so there's like a lot of things happening for me. And so my perspective started shifting, like, okay, well, if I'm really serious about dance, like, how can I actually make an impact? Because for me, like, again, dancing just to dance isn't the end result. For me, I want to use my dance to affect change, um, positive change on others. And I, like, arts is so important to me that I wanted to nurture and grow and support other artists to shine bright like me, you know, so that we can all have this residual effect of just 
changing our communities because I can't do it by myself, clearly, and nor do I want to, right? I'd rather see other people elevate themselves to, to thrive. And so the biggest hurdle that a lot of dancers have is to understand that their business, too, we have to function in this economy of money, right, and trading money, and that's our value. Like, we understand our value, but we don't always communicate it, and we don't always get the value that we deserve. So there's a lack, I saw a lack of, like, empowerment, really, but the biggest pain point is the fact that people, dancers need money, and and that's, like, the most disempowering thing in the arts industry. And so seeing this, you know, I was like, okay, well, that's obviously a gap that needs to be filled. So thinking like an entrepreneur, right? And and I've also had my own journey with having coaches help me refine my my mission and vision and values. And I've done a lot of internal work too to come to a place where I feel empowered and understand my values so that I can help others see their value. Um, but yeah, it really came to just like understanding the needs of the market, <laughs> to put it plainly, the gaps that need to be filled. And also tapping into the greater work that I want to do as an artist and a human and connecting those. And so that was kind of like the birth of my business because I'm like, well, I need to make my own way because if I just follow suit and I'm just going to become a dance teacher, that's not going to be as impactful if I'm going to be really intentional about creating a bigger. So that was kind of a long answer. (laughs) Hopefully that made sense. But yeah, I've been doing this business for about um a year now honestly like a little over a year so it hasn't even been that long but it's been a crazy ride and I the more that I talk about the work that I do the more people are like oh yeah we do need this so it's really validating we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors hi everyone Erin here support for this show comes from Elevate Alliance it can often feel lonely being a small business owner that's why I joined Elevate Alliance to find support and sisterhood with others who are taking on similar challenges Elevate provides community, accessible learning, and support in integrating more conscious business practices, all of which have benefited my career and Girls That Create. Elevate Alliance is a community of brave women entrepreneurs who are channeling our feminine wisdom to run our businesses, create social change, and find joy in who we are and what we do together. Visit elevatealliance.com. That's E-L-L-I-V-A-T-E alliance.com to learn more. She is brave. She is bold. She is you. And we want to tell your story. Are you ready to share your journey with us on Word of Mom Radio? Go to wordofmomradio.com and register as a guest. We want to tell your story because when you win, we all win. Unsilenced Voices has been working diligently in Ghana, Sierra Leone, Rwanda, and the USA to combat domestic violence, sexual abuse, and human trafficking. We currently have over 50 young girls on a wait list in Sierra Leone to go through a vocational training program to get them off the streets and out of harm's way. We have gifted over $33,000 to U.S. survivors and are looking for volunteers, and donors to help us continue our cause. Please visit us at www.unsilencedvoices.org. Again, unsilencedvoices.org for more information. And we're back with Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. I'm speaking with empowerment coach Emmy Matsushita about her life and how she coaches those with careers in dance and other creative fields. I want to ask you a question about, you know, you kind of mentioned um, before the break about 
entrepreneurship and finances. And I feel in the arts that we do all this wonderful training as artists, but unfortunately we don't dive into the business side of it, the financial side of it. And I would love for you to expand a little bit about why that's important. And especially if you're raising a creative, why you should encourage them to get some of that financial training when they're younger so they'll be better set, pursue their artistic career and understand their value and understand to ask what they're worth and just kind of have an idea about how to be successful and take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's honestly, nowadays it's just a lack of education. I think with the dance industry and just the arts in general, what's precedent is that we have this awkward relationship with money, but it's because we don't understand it. Anything that we don't already have a relationship with or an understanding of, we're going to have this subconscious fear because it's different. And so our body is just going to be like, let's stay away from this thing that's unsafe, right? But if we do start integrating basic money you know, even in public school system, you know, in our regular education, like we should be teaching this stuff, basics of money and terms like investing, you know, return on investment, stuff like that. But we don't have that language. And then as artists, we're on this siloed path of just training in our art form, whatever medium that is. And so we're like separating ourselves even more from the status quo, which is not ideal. So I think for dancers in particular, we already know our value because that's why we do the thing that we do. And that's what keeps us coming back to it, right? But to understand that if you ultimately want to be a dancer to perform, right? And that's how you're going to give value to the world. You cannot just be like, okay, I'm just going to give, 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 and like not expect anything to come back to me. That's super not sustainable, (laughs) right? You're just going to burn out in a millisecond. And it's also because we live in this economy where we need to get value for the value that we give. And the only way that we do that right now really is through money, right? We don't barter services anymore. And so it's just like common sense to me. It's like, well, okay, if you want to make money from the thing that you've invested so much time and energy and training in, you need to at least understand the basics of money, you know, 101, or or the fact to even realize like, okay, well, if you are on this path to use your art to get money, then you are a business. You're trading your, your value of art for money. So that's, a business. And like, we don't even have that mentality really being taught in the training that we have in, in studios or schools, or you're like a hip hop dancer, street, street, right? It's just not there. And it just feels so common sense to me. Like, why is this not happening? Like, it's like a blaring problem. And if we don't change it, if we don't start at least like talking about money, even like well, this, like, this is just great that we are able to even just talk about money and the fact that it's needed education is needed we're just going to be stuck in this pro pre-program it's an ongoing loop of where you have almost a starving artist mentality and then no and then and you're like no you're bringing you know creativity and art is valuable and you know there's lots of research that shows how much it enriches communities and it should be compensated as such Yeah, yeah. And we are kind of moving towards a creator economy. So now we're understanding the value of art and the impact that it has and people are tapping into it. So people are making money off of you and your services. It's just that we still have a little bit more to go to understand our value and then get that that value return. Oh, so much work. So much work to be done. What are some other challenges that you're seeing when working with dancers? What are some other uh, common threads that you're seeing as you have, you know, talk with your clients? Yes. 
So going into the art world, all of us are very similar, right? We're cut from the same thread, fabric, whatever. We have this tendency to like not really love structure and not really love systems and not really love hard numbers and what is it? Right brain kind of stuff? Is that right? I forget which brain, which side of the brain is more analytical, logical. But yeah, so I've seen it in in the past with clients that I've talked, I've had and and also just dancers that I've talked to that, you know, you you present, hey, why don't you do this, this and this? And then they're kind of like, yeah, it's a good idea. But they don't stick to it. You know, there's no urgency. There's no, oh, yeah, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and do this thing and da, 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 da. And and so there's like this resistance to structure for a lot of dancers and, and accountability. But it's interesting because in our training, we will show up, you know, and we'll push ourselves and we'll practice. But then outside of that, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out this gap that needs to be filled as far as like, okay, well, you do it for your dance. So how can we do it for your business and your life? Because that's going to fuel your dance even more, you know, if you focus on that, making that a priority. So airy fairy artists we are, which is our creativity, multi-passionate selves, which is great in our art, but is a challenge when you're like, hey, let's get pedal to the metal business plan, (laughs) you know, make things happen. You know what, I think even for people who have businesses not associated with the arts, they also struggle with it. I think everyone's got things in your business if you're an entrepreneur that you have the thing, you just know the things you're just not that crazy about. And you think I much would rather be over here doing the fun stuff that makes me happy. And it is, it is a very hard discipline to basically be like, all right, today I've got to sit down and I've got to run the numbers and I've got to do the budget and I've got to make the hard decisions about what stays, what goes. That's always kind of a challenging assessment. Maybe also just human nature. We're just not (laughs) wanting to go pursue the and also fun stuff if we can choose to I think when you work for someone else you understand you have to do those things because you want to keep obviously your position but when you're working for yourself it can be easier to let it slide a little bit oh 100% and I also just think that's like a mindset thing again going back to this idea that like if you if we're training dancers in in their regular pathways of training and um, upbringing to think like businesses and like, oh, you're about to enter the world as a business, then you're going to be more business minded in general. So like, yeah, if it gets to the point where you're like, oh, I'd rather focus on making my art, then then your conversations in your head is like, okay, well, how can I hire somebody to handle these things that I don't like to do? Because I'm on my, this is how my business is going to run. If I want to put all my energy on creating the art, we don't, we just are like, I just, want to show up and do art not have anything at all planned or whatever you know I'm like being a little extreme you know but but I think yeah if we have the mindset that we are businesses then we can start making those really informed decisions too which is why people can come talk with you and then they can get their (laughs) plan together (laughs) let's get some plans in place (laughs) um I do want to touch on you know it's no secret that dance is a very physical uh, art obviously but I imagine and mm-hmm. there's like a trap with that because we live such a we live in such a visual society now with everything being online and I, I would love to hear your thoughts kind of on the comparison trap I, everyone falls into it but I think dancers in particular probably definitely can find themselves 
looking at other people's performances, looking at other people's photos and feeling kind of, look at what they've done. Am I good enough to do anything like that? And as a coach, I imagine that's something you kind of help people process and work through and understand that they need to bring themselves and their unique art to the table and just quit with the comparison. It's so easy to just be like, well, stop comparing yourself, right? But yeah, I mean, as humans, we are just prone to doing that, right? But also our society as well. It's not super friendly to girls anyway. We just look wise. We're like, oh, that that one, she's so much prettier than me or whatever. But yeah, and then, then in the dance world itself, it's like, you know, if you are a competition dancer, then you want to look like everybody else too. Or if you're a ballerina, like that's a whole nother realm. Like I never was a ballerina and I can't even imagine because it wasn't too long ago that people had tons of eating disorders because of their the strict demands of the physical aesthetic of showing up as a, as a certain physique, right? So yeah, there's a lot to battle with that. But with comparing to other people, the only thing that I, I can try to encourage in, in my clients and in talking to other dancers is just realizing that your unique value as, as a dance artist purely based on your individuality. Say that there's a teacher who teaches hip hop and another teacher, you know, teaches hip hop. Like those products and services that they're giving in in a business mentality, right? They're going to be completely different, even though they're teaching the same thing. Because this person is, you know, African-American male hip hop dancer. And then this one is a Latina middle-aged mom hip hop dancer, right? Like those are going to be completely different classes and vibes and you're going to learn completely different things from them, even though they're teaching the same thing. And so their uniqueness is what makes their product or service sing a little bit more and appeal to a specific crowd or a specific type of person. And so I think when you think about it that way, your own story and your own life experience informs your art and that that is what you can give to the world to get value in return. There is no competition. There's no other you. There's no other person that looks like you I mean maybe but you know not in the dimensions that all matter like your your life story or the hurdles that you've overcome your own personal mission and vision and values that's all going to be packaged in what you give to the world and so yeah there there isn't right that's the mindset that will help you succeed but if you are always looking to somebody else and being like, oh, they're a better mover than you. You also have to be realistic. Like they're probably on a different journey than you. You know, they maybe they're 10 years ahead of you in training. And so of course they're going to have a little bit more fine-tuned moves, right? That's just being realistic. Or the fact that for me, like as a busy mom, like I look at other entrepreneurs and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're getting so much done. And I'm like, wait, I'm a mom of a toddler. So I need to show up for my son right now. So it's not realistic for me to compare myself to another person who's in a completely different life situation. And also another thing to say is whatever you determine as success for you is going to be completely different for another person. Like they might see success as, so bringing it back to this scenario where like I look at another entrepreneur and they're like a single male unwed making a business out of whatever and I'm here I am like oh my gosh like they're so successful because they're making their business and have all these followers but maybe their success metric is like they want a family so they're not successful in their eyes you know but it's all perspective and but for me I'm like oh well I have reached my success as far as like I wanted a family for so long so I've got that you know so yeah it's just being realistic with that everybody is on their own journey so you can't compare yourself because there's totally different metrics of success and totally different, you know, stories that are told through the same products that we may may serve. I know that you teach at a college nearby where mm-hmm. you live in Dallas. 
Yes. What do you love? What do you love most about teaching dance to others and sharing that art form to people who, I mean, you know, they have no interest in being quote unquote professional dancers. They're yeah. just there to take dance. Yeah, it's a funny, funny dynamic because like a lot of people who come to my classes that aren't aren't dancers, they obviously are still captivated by the art form that they're willing to put time and energy in studying it, right? And so it is always, I don't know, it tickle, tickles me to think obviously dance is still making an impression on people. But with people that aren't comfortable with moving and whatnot, it's just really exciting for me to be able to see, again, like the minimal thing that you can do, just moving your arms up and down in a patterned way or a way that just is not normal. That little shift that I get to witness in those people is like so validating. (laughs) Because I'm like, I already know that dance is cool and dance is impactful, but to see their little light bulb moments in their head go like, oh, wow, like I, I can breathe a little bit more. Like I'm connected to my breath more. It's like, yeah, I know, <laughs> you know, super cool. If you could go back in time, what are three pieces of advice you would give to your younger self? Gosh, um, all of a sudden my, my brain's like, well, if I, if I told myself to do something different, then my life wouldn't be the same, you know? Sure. So there's okay, that sure. like, little rub of me, okay, but okay. no, I get in the light I'll of, put, I'll, put, I'll flip it. I'll flip it. How about this? What are three pieces of advice you would give to girls who are interested in pursuing a dance career? <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for appeasing me. Three pieces of advice that I would give to any blossoming dancer right now, it would be to, to really Spend the time to connect with yourself. Figure out who you are. In the dance world, everyone's going to be telling you to do this, do that, look like this, look like that, make sure your technique's on point, all this stuff. And that's great. But when it comes down to it, if you want to make an impact with your dance and you want to do something bigger with your dance, that means that you got to really connect to your story and what you really want to do in the world at large, or else your dance is just dancing. <laughs> And that's it, right? Disconnected from you. And it's not really who you are. It's not a part of who you are and what you want to do. So connect with yourself and take time and space to do that. The second thing is to be fearless. I mean, I say that, but I also cringe because putting yourself out there in new situations to make yourself grow is necessary, right, in life. But also, you know, leaning into fear is very terrifying. Clearly, we're not programmed for it in our body. Our body is trying to be homeostasis all the time, like never trying to put ourselves in danger. But true growth comes from taking risks. Like you can't not take risks. And so if you see fear as like an invitation, okay, like this is making me uncomfortable, but I'm going to lean into this more and see what happens then that's like a much better relationship with it. Because like fear is not going to go away. It's just how you relate to it and how you deal with it. And again, just on this, having, having this mentality of growth and expansion and doing more for yourself as a human and, and as an artist, you want to be okay with living in that, that fear a little bit. Because again, true growth will come after you put yourself in those situations where you can overcome and, and learn and grow from it. Three, one more. So connect with yourself, be fearless. Ooh, what is number three? I don't know if I have three. Uh, can I just leave it at two? I think those are two Those are two juicy bits. No, and they're wonderful. Maybe. Take a financial class. <laughs> yes, if you know that you need education in anything, like education is at your fingertips, so you might as well tap into it because you everybody has a device. Everybody can get access to education. So there's no excuse. <laughs> no excuse at all. 
wonderful advice. Emmy, thank you so much for being with us on Girls That Create today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to just share my passion. So many, many thank yous. To all of you tuning in, thank you for joining us on Girls That Create on Word of Mom Radio. Whether you dance alone or with others, there's no such thing as too much dancing. I suggest you jump up and jam out to our closing theme song by Smith Sisters and the Sunday Drivers. Till next time, this is Aaron Prather Stafford. She is sure, she is sure, she is strong, she is strong, she is true, she is true. She is brave, she is bold, she is you, she is sure, she is sure.